This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Happy Friday, everybody. Beautiful day out there today. Not a cloud in the sky. And it's a beautiful day if you're a fan of defense, or actually it might be a very cloudy, rainy, miserable, black parade kind of day if you're a fan of defense, because what did Todd Wash tell us today about the new defensive scheme? We'll get into that in a little bit here. As Brent Martineau sat down with Todd Wash, we didn't really sit down with him, to talk to him on Zoom, hopeful to get some kind of uh, behind-the-scenes look at what we can expect from the Jacksonville Jaguars this year on defense. And Brent Martineau, what did we discover? Dark yeah. side of the moon shirt. Sir. Angry start almost to the show. Excitable start to the show. Yeah, it's because I've, I've been dealing with haters all day online about Tim McGraw. So. Uh, that's a tough day. What are you going to do, man? Uh, by the way, I think we should play Tim McGraw every song today. Bring I feel it, like man. you started that. that argument, though, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, you kind of made your own bed there. How did I make the bed? With the sign. Yeah. Or was that you like a rebuttal? Wait, do, you, do you know that's where you guys don't get the joke, though, do you? Yes. You you get the joke. You, I don't get get the the joke. Joke. you don't get the joke. Okay. Well, then it's, it's not for you. Yeah. I know. Well, yeah, that's why I didn't is. comment. Yeah, there it is. Um, finally, I get something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 3443, four, three, Todd Wash. Some people say, I tell you, man, this fan base, a segment of the fan base, at least the ones on Twitter. Yeah. Gosh, they, I mean, they want Todd Wash just gone. Yeah, it's like it's like it's become. I see that Todd Wash's name to some has become like many others before had become, you know, whether it was Luke Jokel or I'm sure Blaine Gabbert was in the conversation. It just got like there was nothing more that some of those guys could do, even if they did do it. And I know they didn't, but you just couldn't win. Yeah, you know. Uh, and Todd Wash is definitely in that category. Like, Todd Wash's defense could be top five this year in the NFL. And I still think people will be like, it's not because of Todd Wash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just, and I'm not saying, listen, so I, I'm not defending him. I'm just saying it, I'm acknowledging the angst mm-hmm. with Todd Wash. And uh, today, yeah, we learned that it's not going to be a true 3-4. But there is something interesting about that, and I can't wait to talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. We're going to do that, too, to, to kind of start things off here in a little bit. But he, he brought up a couple reasons why, and it's some of the discussions we've had, like, okay, what is this defense? You know, and you've even said, is it a, what is it, a 3-4 over or a 4-3 over? Or no, what well, over? I called for a 3-4 under. 4-3 you said four three, three under. No, I said three four under. Three four under. Okay. Um, but so we've thrown out these things like okay because it's not it, it isn't exactly the personnel isn't exactly fitting one his original scheme his kind of the way he came up in the NFL scheme and it doesn't fit totally even though it fits a lot more players into the three four slot mostly because of their big men in the middle. It fits the three four under scheme, though's what I'm saying. I know, but yeah. that, but that's why we said it's kind of this bridge of sure, something sure. else. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I think that's what basically he said. I don't know if that came across in the tweet today, probably not. Um but he certainly did say, Listen, this isn't like your true three four under. The mm-hmm. bottom line is they're gonna try to mix things up. Mm-hmm. They are going to try to become more multiple 
more disguise. They're going to be a little bit more tough to figure out, or at least is their hope, a little bit more game planning go into them. And the question will beg, is this team ready for it? Is sure. this defense ready for it? Is this youthful defense, this new roster defense, are they ready for it? Are, are, have they had enough time? Are they going to have enough time? Are they going to be ex- able to execute it? Are they going to be able to perform at a high level? Are they going to be able to practice it? Uh, now, he did say we'll simplify some of these things. The installations, he said, have been very slow. So, uh, you know, to me, it's not like you can have it both ways. You can't be multiple disguise and all these kind of things, yet, okay, we're also going to be kind of simplistic in our installation. And so where is this team when the time the season starts? I think it's a reasonable question uh, with all this going on. I think, and listen, you can't take away 2017 from Todd Wash, okay? That defense was almost historic you would almost say right yeah. like from, from, i mean from from the from the analytics from the numbers i mean that defense was legit and that had his fingerprint all over it so you can't take that away from todd wash where i think a lot of the frustration though right now from jaguars fans stems from is the fact that we had doug marone a couple months ago say oh yeah three four defense here we come and now we have todd wash saying well it's not really a three four defense so whether there's some gamesmanship going on right now, whether there's some smoke and mirrors or whatever the reason is, but like to me, when you hear these press conferences, they're not on the same page. Maybe they are and they're just lying to the media. Who knows? But I just get the sense that, listen, you have to have an identity. I get that you can throw a lot of wrinkles out there and things like that. You could argue, well, do you have uh, the maturity? Do you have the football IQ to do that right now? But I, I just want an identity. I just want to say, you know what? We're a 4-3 defense. We're a 3-4 defense. We're a 3-400. I just want, when I'm talking to my friends, when I'm talking to people in society, I just want to be like, yeah, the, the Jaguars are primarily going to do this and then run something off that. Right now, we don't really have a definitive answer of what the Jaguars are running. Yeah, we'll uh, get into it a little bit more, a little deeper dive, and uh, we'll play some sound from Todd Wash, and I think you can play interpreter okay. and, and see what you think about it and what he's saying. Um, you know, one interesting thought, I got from it is, hey, this offense now will will get a chance to go against and practice some multiple looks, if you will, which he said other teams in the division and teams that they play do play. Mm -hmm. And so maybe it gives them a little bit more repetition against some things. Uh, You know, I mean, I've been around it long enough now where I'm like, that doesn't get me overly excited. I thought it was a little bit interesting in in that regard. They've been going against a very similar scheme Mm -hmm. for a few years now, although even the offense has uh, some different parts to it. So we'll get into the defense. Uh, Todd Walsh, we haven't heard from him in a long, long time. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe's name was mentioned a couple of times. not too specific, and um, what does it mean? Where is Yannick in this? When was the last time he tweeted? You know, I mean, what? I don't feel like we talk about Yannick anymore. Yeah. I kind of, I just saw my temperature in my car said ninety-one degrees, and I was like, I miss oh, him. I, wonder, I miss the conversation. He's, he's tweeted. He's just not tweeting what, what you want to talk about. I know. He's, he's know? very, it's very calm. Of course. Uh, so anyway, we'll talk a little bit about uh, Jan and uh, some of the other parts of this defense. Uh, you know, Todd Wash did say this. He said, "Listen, there's there's no penciled in start. Very few penciled in starters. We only have like three or four guys that yeah. have been around here. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of competition, a lot of young guys. They acknowledged they wanted to get younger and faster, and that's what they did. And that's some of the reason they." You know, traded away Calais Campbell, traded away AJ Boy, traded away some of those guys. They got younger. They may have even got faster. Did they get better? Well, that will be determined in the fall. When you talk about those three or four defensive starters, obviously you got Josh Allen. I mean, Yannick Ngakwe, assuming that he's here. 
Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, it, it might be more than that. Okay. Uh, I, I would say I don't even think Henderson would be in that category yet because from a coach's perspective, mm. you're not sitting there and you're saying, oh, yeah. I mean, Todd Washington never even seen him on the field in a Jags uniform. So sure. you got to go from Todd's. You know, we yeah, can all yeah. guess at who we think. Like Rodney Gunter signed like an $18 million deal. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be in the starting lineup. So mm-hmm. I can guess who's going to be in it. I don't think C.J. And in fact, it was around that question. Somebody asked about C.J. Henderson uh, and some of the rookie corners. And he wouldn't, when even asked, say, well, is he going to start? Didn't go there. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of where this answer came from. I think Miles Jack. I think Joe Schobert, given his resume and the contract. Mm-hmm. I think Josh Allen. I think Yannick Ngakwe certainly fits. Yeah. And that doesn't even really... Uh, probably put anybody like he, I would think Ronnie Harrison, Jared Wilson, kind of safe back there. But maybe that's even a little bit open for competition for somebody to come in and play better. Well, and that's probably the message from Todd Wash this season is this and set aside from maybe Josh Allen. Uh, no one's job is safe. You know, yeah. obviously Joe Schober, too. But I mean, that's and Miles, obviously yeah. and Miles, but obviously competition, you know, it breeds productivity. So that's kind of the message yeah, I assume I, from Todd Wash. Listen, some of it's coach speak uh, yeah. in a way. But I mean, I'm sure if I asked Todd Wash in private and said, hey, give me the 11 guys you think are going to start, he can probably answer it. Sure. But he's also got to see these guys out on the field, you know. So I think that was kind of the nature uh, of the question. So we'll talk a little bit more about the Jags defense coming up. Have a question out there today. We started yesterday and you're more invited. Uh, you're invited to call in on this as well throughout the show, uh, probably starting around 3.30 and beyond. We're going to have Martin Buckley from Palm Beach Autographs to help out with this. But what is your favorite piece of sports memorabilia you own? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kuz kind of came up with a topic uh, based on a phone call we got earlier this week, and I like it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we've had some really cool responses. I'm not a huge memorabilia guy. I used to be a big uh, baseball card collector as a kid, but I'm not really like I don't purchase memorabilia mm-hmm. so to speak but we always we all have these items you know i think to that that kind of means something or a, a little bit unique and some people have some unbelievable items so we'll talk about a little bit about the value of that with martin buckley and what perfect timing to have martin buckley in because you saw the news in the state of florida starting in next year in the summer of 2021 Open for business for college athletes. They can now make money off their likeness in the state of Florida. I would assume now all the other states are going to piggyback and follow suit right behind. When, and and that's awesome. But see, what kind of irks me a little bit is when they use the verbiage endorsement. Like, so, you know, the, there's a bunch of people that said, yeah, so the Florida and the governor has signed a deal to okay college endorsements for student athletes. So, like, is, is that to say, if a clothing company wanted to sponsor an athlete, they could do that. Like, is that what the? T- I mean, because I get endorsement from the standpoint of obviously your name and your likeliness, but like the way that I kind of read it a little bit and with the verbiage, it seems like you can get an endorsement from like I don't know, like a protein company or something like that. Yeah, or we could uh, have somebody reading a commercial or, yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah, uh, I don't. We'll, we'll get into it. We'll okay. dive into it. what does it mean because again, I, Martin is in this business. You know, sure. Martin signs guys. Martin signs Gardner Minshew or Tim Tebow and players like that. Now he has the ability to maybe go reach out to some college folks. And listen, we talked Reggie Bush yesterday on the show. We talked Tim Tebow. Mm-hmm. Just think about how much money Reggie Bush has been on record, right, saying he he would have made hundreds of thousands of dollars in college. We've seen Todd Gurley be suspended for four games. For signing stuff kind of off to the side and he wasn't supposed to. Well, now that kind of stuff would be legal uh, to some degree. I'm sure there are like these, you know, the rules that we all got to read the fine print about. Mm-hmm. But the idea of it is is not lost. And 
I think the idea is a good move forward. It's something we've talked about on our show many a times. You brought up many a times, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to license yourself, be able to make money off yourself, whether you're a football player, basketball player, softball player, or anybody, just like the kid in the band who can write a song and, and, yeah. and hit be number one on the charts and get money yep. uh, for for doing that. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. We talk a little bit about memorabilia. It's a good day uh, to have Martin Buckley come on around 4 o'clock uh, from Palm Beach Autographs. I, I'm always fascinated with that side of the business, and it just hit a new level uh, here today. But anyway, we invite you to share your thoughts on the memorabilia, 904-362-9901 today. Also, you can uh, let us know on social media, on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and Twitch, uh, where you can find the show. Of course. Uh, my wife said this to me. Everything is happening in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, open up the beaches. Open up the restaurants. Sure. Bring Tim McGraw in the conventions. <laughs> Let the college kids get paid. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I mean, Florida's just like, we don't care what you think. No, man, not at all. And we are just letting it roll out you right now. You better believe it, I man. I mean, <laughs> she is right. Oh, yeah. It's like... Hello, Florida is like, is it, is it like opportunity of Florida just jumping on everything? Be like, listen, everybody else might hesitate. Sure. And I, listen, I don't cover this stuff to this degree, so I don't even know. Yeah. But just being average Joe Brent, citizen yeah. of Florida. Yeah. Where I get texts and Facebook posts and everything from relatives and be like, what the hell is going on down there sure, for sure. the last couple of months? Yeah. It's uh, like, is is it just opportunity knocks where it's like, hey, if the rest of the world, if everybody else, we're going to take a little gamble here mm-hmm. and we're going to roll the dice and we're going to try all these things. And on the other side of it, if it works, our economy and all this stuff could be boom. Sure. If it doesn't, well, we could be Florida man once again. But we're already <laughs> Florida man, right? I mean, we're already Florida. Yeah, we're we're Florida messed up the voting yeah. years ago. We're Florida man who exists somewhere in this state. Yeah. So what? what the heck? It's just um, <laughs> listen. There, there. Florida is, it, it, it's in its own lane right now, right? And it, it really and is. It's, and it's like that angsty teen that's like, listen, I don't care about anything. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna show everybody. And listen, sometimes they say fortune favors the bold, so we'll see what happens. By the way, fortune favors the bold. Fortune favors the bold city would have been a great slogan for that hype video. Okay, just saying. And listen, I, I have to address the Tim McGraw stuff real quick because yeah. I, I have Gene Fernet now coming at me saying that I. I shouldn't care about people being political um, in terms of artists and musicians. You, you, you made this bet. I didn't make the bet. Okay. So for those of you out there that aren't familiar with what's going on, uh, Mayor Lenny Curry released a hype video for the you know the RNC, the Republican National Convention. Now, I'm not getting political. I'm not going to give my stance on how I feel about that. My only thing is during that hype video, they, some of the things that are big attractions in Jacksonville, it was, well, we had Paul McCartney player. But, of course, the guy's a member of the Beatles, world-renowned. I mean, God, he, Brent, he's a Beatle. All right, say no more, fam. Then, then he mentioned Good example. Yeah, and then he mentioned the Rolling Stones. I mean, one of the greatest rock bands of all time. Keith Richards, Mick Jagger, the ageless one. Tongue is you out. Know, tongue is out. Once again, <laughs> I get it. Hype him up, and then just out of nowhere, Tim McGraw. <laughs> now, well, where is Faith Hill in here, all this? That's, that's what I'm saying. But like, here's and listen. I don't care if Tim McGraw is democratic or not. That's not the point I was trying I to didn't make. I even here. know that. Yeah, by the way, I had no idea either. But like, here's <laughs> actually.
actually, I'm not sure they knew that. I don't think they knew that either, right? <laughs> a little bad optics. But like, here's what I was thinking the entire time, and here's why I made the joke and I photoshopped this sign. Because when, that, when I first saw that video, I could not stop laughing. I'm sorry, this is how my brain works. And I immediately witnessed, you know, Mayor Lenny Curry sitting in his office surrounded by about 10 people, right, that he works with, right? And they're all in a circle, and he's, he's at the head table. And he's just kicking back and relaxing while the other nine people in that office are struggling. Uh, so, yeah, the RNC, is it coming here or not? Like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to say? How are we going to get Donald Trump to come here? And Lenny Curry's just sitting back, you know, maybe he's wearing some shades, maybe he's smoking a cigarette because he's that cool. He's just like, hey, hey, guys, I got this. And all of a sudden he turns over to his secretary, Susan, call Donald Trump, put him on speakerphone. And when that phone starts ringing, okay, and maybe there's a guy right, right next to him who's like, um, Mr. Curry, what's the point? Shh. And then he, he goes like this. He puts up a finger and just goes, shh. Doesn't even say a word, Brent. And all of a sudden, Donald Trump's on, on the other line, on speakerphone. Ah, Mr. Curry, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of big cities, and I know big cities. Why should we come to Jacksonville? And without any hesitation, without any announcement, Lenny Curry just goes, Tim McGraw. <laughs> Quick. And he walks up. And he goes, Susan, cancel my other meetings. I'm out of here. And everyone just starts chanting his name. Like, oh, we just got it. We got the RNC because of Tim McGraw. That's where my mind went. And that's uh, why I yeah. thought it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Th- th- no uh, no politics here. Just kind no. of uh, a little fun. Listen, I'm not going to lie. It, I did the same thing. Like, right? not, I, I kind of was like... Like, call me up and I'll tell you Garth Brooks. That's what I was like, Garth. Man. Yeah. No, Garth. Yeah. Like, I love Tim McGraw. Yeah, no, I Tim do. McGraw. Hey, but don't Garth. take the girl. I mean, come on. <laughs> one of the all-time classics. One of the all-time staples. I mean, Tim's got a new one says, I called Mama. I mean, it's a great little, there we great go. song. And every grown man has cried <laughs> listening to Don't Take the Girl. If you haven't, yeah. you're a liar. Yeah. If you haven't, you're a sociopath or you're a liar. So, dude, I love me some Tim McGraw. I'm just saying, that's what you lead off with. That's what's bringing the RNC here is Tim McGraw. Well, okay, then. Uh, it was a funny couple moments on yeah. social media. Yeah. Uh, t- a lot of stuff going on in the state of Florida. <laughs> these days. Holy cats. Uh, a lot of sports going on for a Friday. Yeah, yeah. A lot of sports going on for a Friday. So we're going to talk about We talked Jags coming up next. Uh, a little deeper dive into this 3443. We spent a lot of time on it. You've been hinting at it. And I wonder how your disappointment level is that <laughs> nobody will claim, label, and just say it's a 3-4. Just give me a straight oh, answer. Dang it. Just give That's me a straight answer. That's not what I expected. <laughs> A little Tim McGraw to break. I like it. I like Tim. Yeah, not bad. Humble and kind. Great song. I'm not familiar with this one. Is this a newer or older cut? Deep Tracker? No, this is a couple years ago. Humble and kind. This one, great song. Sorry, man. Great message. Play this one for your kid. Okay. It's a good message. We should all live by this song. Okay. <laughs> I'm just listening, man. I'm just rolling, rocking out. We going to break? What are we doing here? <laughs> we gotta get to the line. Oh, okay. We're just always stay humble and kind. You know, I'm really excited about this this young group of players that we have. You know, we have about 30 rookies and first year players. I would say probably. You know, that's the one where, you know, if I looked at, I'd say, you know, these guys really will have been impressive of, you know, the amount of work they put in, uh, outside of, you know, the meetings and the watching tape and, you know, trying to make sure they have a good understanding. That is Doug Marone uh, kind of ending the uh, virtual period 
and uh, saying, see you later. We'll see you in a few weeks, uh, unless something else comes up between now and then. Uh, talking to the media this morning uh, on a Zoom call. And uh got to admit, I was on the Zoom call, but I was not very active. I instead was recording a uh, tie guy in a baseball game. Uh, so I was behind the backstop yelling at an umpire instead. Huh? <laughs> How'd the game go? Uh, first one lost, second one won. Yeah. That's okay. We're playing ball, man, on a Friday morning. Playing ball on a Friday morning. It got me thinking of this. I, you know me, like uh, I, I'm. I don't mind working at all, right? Yeah. No, no problem at all, working at all. But I, I was thinking of this coming in. I this time of year, like if I had a piece of legislation to pass, I know there are bigger things than this right now going on in the world for change, and I appreciate all that. Mm-hmm. But just humor me for a moment. Mm-hmm. If you could help change, like some legislation, you know, some people like. Uh, couple years back, weren't they like a daylight savings was a thing? Like, why do we have it? Yeah. Right. They were trying to, like, cancel it. Isn't that a thing, Coos? They're trying to, like, cancel daylight savings. or And I think some states may have, like Arizona or something like that might have done it. <laughs> I'm not sure. But anyway, some of those kind of like, eh, let's just say on the less important of the issues <laughs> kind of come up. <laughs> if I had a chance to do something like that, I would say four day work weeks. From Memorial Day to Labor Day. Oh, wow. There's just something about this time of year. Oh, wow. It's like Friday feels like Saturday and Sunday. Okay. Now, I work on most Sundays anyway. Mm -hmm. Most of them this time of year. I'll sneak away. So it's not really like that in my world anyway. You know, Saturday, Sunday off. Sure. But I just kind of feel like what if we went to four-day work weeks in the summertime? Would you elect me? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it, and I can tell where your mind's at right now. You already got one foot in the parking lot, and that's fine. If I have to carry their show, I'll carry their show. I'm not. <laughs> I was afraid of that. Yeah. Um, doesn't sound not so good to our today. listeners. I, I mean, so. I'm bringing it. I hope so. I'm fired up about today's show, actually. So. Like, good. yeah, there are some Fridays. I'm like, what the hell are we talking about? Sure. Especially during this pandemic. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. today's a great day. Yeah. We got four, three, three, four defense. Mm. We got memorabilia. We mm. got college likeness. Yeah. And I got four-day work weeks. Okay. I, I hear you, man. I hear you. And I like the energy. Welcome back. Um, yeah. I mean, four-day work weeks in the summer, I don't think anybody would really be opposed to that. Like, do you like, you know, there are some jobs, right, or, or some places that say four 10-day, 10-hour sh- shifts. I'm sorry, four 10-hour yeah. shifts, uh, which I always chuckle at that. It's like, I mean, honestly, like the eight-hour shift usually in, in our world is kind of like a 10-hour shift anyway or, sure. or longer sometimes in football season. Um but I'm also uh, honestly not sitting on top of a roof hammering nails and shingles, yeah. so well, it's a little bit different. Yeah. But I I think some people already have that. Like, and I think during this pandemic, there's been some home time, downtime, some different things. Like, and maybe that's why I'm kind of feeling it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, it, but it kind of coincides with the summer for me. Sure. You know, be, and and partly because our world does slow a little bit. You know, it goes from 100 miles an hour to 70 miles an hour, mm-hmm. and so you're like, all right. So yeah, things just three. things slow down in the summertime is what you're saying, especially yeah. with what we do. No, I agree, man. I guess for me, it's just it's hard to comprehend everything because like the last real job that I had that I consider a real job was back in college when I was a landscaper. Like, you know, then I play in the league and that didn't I mean, that was obviously a job, but like the hours and everything, it was 
different than everybody else. And then I became an MMA fighter, and those hours are obviously different than everything else. And even the show is definitely my job, and I take it very seriously. But, like, even the hours for the show aren't normal. So I guess I, I can't comprehend a lot of it just because I'm not used to working – a regular work schedule, I guess. Let's yeah, just say. well, and I'm a little bit like that too. Yeah. And, I, and I actually, it's one of my favorite parts about my job mm-hmm. is that I don't work the nine to five. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't, I've never really been like home on a Saturday morning because that's the time to mow the lawn and do this stuff and go to wherever. Yeah, I'm probably do it. I probably like off instead, but. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't want that. No brunch with the family. Yeah, like I'm golf. okay with that. Like yeah. I'm okay. Like a lot of people, you get to a certain point oh, in our business, you, you work weekends at first. Yeah, and then you kind of maybe go to a Monday through Friday routine or something. I'm cool with the weekend stuff. Like yeah. I, I do like having Saturdays off, especially this time of year, because there's a lot of ball to see. Mm-hmm. But so it's not like I don't I don't mind that. I like the off hours. I like all that stuff. But it is something about this. And today was like made it worse because usually we have baseball tournaments on Saturdays and Sundays yeah. or softball tournaments. So we're playing at 8 in the morning on a Saturday. Well, we're playing 8 in the morning and 10 o'clock this morning, the doubleheader on a Friday. So I'm like, wait a minute. We got radio today? (laughs) (laughs) You know, my clock is thrown off. But anyway, I feel like I'd be elected in a heartbeat. Okay. From Memorial Day to Labor Day, four day work weeks. Now, do people still keep the like the, the salaries the, the same and everything? Like yeah. no one's gonna. Okay. Well, yeah. Then Listen, let's go. You still gotta Run get right your now. bleep done. Yeah, I like that. Or and we can work with that. Get your bleep done. Get it got done. To. Get it done. You get your work done. Get it done. Yep. I like it. I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm on your team. I mean, listen, we found out during this pandemic we can still get our work done. True. We well, don't need to drive to work all the time. We don't need well, to drive home. We don't need to visit people in the hallways. I mean, you're speaking in kind of generalities right now because there's a lot of people out there that probably couldn't get their work done because they have to be at work to do it. Like for you, it was beneficial. Well, you know? I, what I'm saying is like a lot of the world found a way to work sure, from home. Uh, sure. I shouldn't say all. That's a blanket statement. Yeah, but I, yeah. I mean, a lot of people did. A lot of people found did. And, and some people, you know, I mean, probably didn't. Let's be honest, man. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, I mean, like you talk about like the, the food service industry and things like that. I mean, those people, nothing well, they can yeah, do. Yeah, that's you a little know, different, so. getting shut down completely. Sure. Yeah. I, I'm not saying so. shut down the world Friday, Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> I got you. You know? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, if you work at a bar, sorry, you're probably working Friday yeah. or Saturday. That's the decision that you made. I, yeah, that's the decision you made, and I need to go to that bar and drink. <laughs> it's not. I'm not going to serve myself. I got you. <laughs> I like it though, man. This, yeah. is, this is a this I was thinking is a of that coming thing. in. Yeah. yeah. If I ever run for office, that's what I'm running on. Yeah. Is that more of a who makes that decision? I have no idea. Okay, well, we'll do some research. We'll I don't it know, out. but Florida's like going crazy right now. So Florida might make that decision, man. Put it in there. Let's do it, man. Let's get it. <laughs> let's propose. Let's go. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so anyway, Doug Marone talking today, and the the Jaguars are done. You know, they could have extended even another uh, week or so in their off. And they're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're pretty much wrapping up. It, it looks like so. Um, I have no idea what they got accomplished. I will give Doug Barone credit. He said, listen, I learned a long time ago, you can think that you're in good shape and you think you're coming out of the classroom and you're all right. And he talked about Jimmy Ray, a guy that he really looked up to in the business and still does and talks to all the time and says, you don't know until you get back out of that field for practice and maybe even more than that. So sure. to his credit, he doesn't know. Nobody knows what's going on and how their team looks. And um, I think everybody's comfortable with the way they did. I think they appreciate everybody handling the adversity. You know, all that stuff, all uh, what I would chalk up as coach speak, but I think important, too. I mean, you have to have messages like that to your team. And and uh, I, I do believe this is a hungry football team. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's going to be an attentive football team, a hungry football team, all that stuff. So uh, I, I, I think these guys are going to come in here and be better than off than most people believe they will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it will certainly be something in the back of all our minds, like how much did they miss? Uh, and especially now with these philosophical changes. We've talked a lot about the offense, Minshew and Jay Gruden, and, and what are they going to do? Uh, we've talked a lot about the defense, quite frankly. But we haven't heard from Todd Wash much. And so today we did, and... Every move they made, man, this offseason said 3-4. Correct. Yet he is not willing to say it's a 3-4. Is he being stubborn? Is he? Is there a technicality here we're missing? Mm-hmm. Or Doug Marone gonna, has even said 3-4, by the way. Are, Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell even said, yeah. to, I don't, I, we're not quoting them, not to put words in their mouth. They paraphrased and said more 3-4 looks. Yeah. You know, that's me paraphrasing. They did not say we are a 3-4. They did not, sure. uh, to, to their defense. But they certainly hinted at it, and obviously the moves hinted at it. We talked about it with Trent Bulky, who's got familiarity. He's now on the JAG staff in the personnel department, went out and got guys uh, that he's familiar with as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Lynch comes to mind. So I, I guess my question to you well, is, see, I... And, and, and with, with the paraphrasing, yeah. So the, the quote from one, one of the quotes from uh, General Manager Dave Caldwell said that uh, when they drafted uh, Chase on, that his versatility offers us the ability to be able to run three, four concepts with him and Josh Allen. Okay. So uh, again, he kind of gave himself an out a little bit with the concept. Sure. Uh, here's the thing. I I don't know if any of us all care about it, to be honest with you. Like, I know some people really do, and and some people just don't want to hear from Todd Wash, and and even the four-month break from Todd Wash didn't help them. Mm -hmm. I get it. But when we turn on the TV, because we might not be even allowed in the stadium, but whatever, if we're in the stadium, what's it going to look like? Mm -hmm. If I ask you, if I'm watching the first quarter of the game with you, first half of the game, and I say, hey, where they running? Mm Mm-hmm. Right now where I sit? Yeah. Listen, I mean, hey, Todd Wash is stubborn, and I'm going to be stubborn as well, okay? And I'm going to say it's going to be the same thing that I called since the start uh, of this offseason. I think it's going to be a 3-4 under defense. I think that they're going to focus on playing one-gap philosophies, and a guy like Gunter is going to be the guy on the backside that plays the two-gap philosophy. That's where I sit. Come again on the two gap philosophy. Okay, so okay, so um, if you go back and listen to to, to the three four when I kind of broke it down a bit, the yeah. three four under defense. So what I said was the beauty of the three four under defense is the fact that it's kind of like that transition from a three from a four three to a three four, right? Because usually if you're a football team and you transfer from a four three to a three four, there are some growing pains because essentially what you're asking your defensive lineman to do is, hey, instead of playing one gap, now I need you guys to take away everything that you think that you know about football on the defensive line and go two gaps now, right? So as opposed to being responsible for one gap, now you're responsible for two gaps. And that can be kind of a hard transition to make. I should know. I did it in Kansas City. Didn't work out so well. Had a cup of coffee with Andy Reid, and that was it. But my point with the 3-4 under defenses is that you're only asking one guy on a defensive line to play the two-gap. Everybody else plays their one-gap techniques, which is obviously they're accustomed to. When you brought guys in like Rodney Gunter, when you uh, drafted guys like the guy from Ohio State, uh, Hamilton, right? Yep. Yeah, Hamilton, who has played some 3-4, two-gap before, well, then you have guys that can you know go in right away and play that. So that was my only point where I think – 
Yeah, you can go ahead and call it a 50, you can call it a 3-4 under, whatever you want to call it, but I still think it's going to be a 3-4 under defense because it's going to be a slight transition. Okay, well, the interesting part from Wash, we'll hear from him a little bit throughout the show, and I'll want when i I'll come back to this point when he mentions the gap. He says, we're not a true 3-4 because our front, we don't have that two-gap guy. That's what he basically says. He's like, we're still going to lean toward our one-gap principles. Mm-hmm. That sound right? Well, then he's playing a 50. He did mention 52. Okay. so the, Not 52. He, 50 also. <laughs> the, okay, so that's a 50 then. Okay, and so Michael Clifton says this. He, oh, okay. re, he he responded when I tweeted about this, right? He says, you tell me if he's right okay. or not. Hit me with it. It's a 4-3 with an overlook. Strong linebacker walks down, chase on. Next time, next to big end is I think what he meant to say. One technique on that side, shaded. Then the three-tech and Leo on the weak other side. Jack and Schobert stacked over the guards. That's my interpretation. (laughs) Is that a lot to interpret? Yeah, I mean, he's right, but just say it it the simplest way possible. You have two five. So basically you have a nose, you have two big ends, and then you have two guys on the outside. And you have Miles, Jack, and Joel Schobert playing the guards. That's, That's all it is. That's all you have to say. Does that make sense? Does it make sense? Yeah, I mean that's, that's what it sounds like. That's a that's a fifty defense. Yeah. yeah. My only issue, once again, is what we talk about with Miles Jack. Where where does Miles Jack seem to benefit from? Let it's, him fly at the will, right? Exa- well, and just let him fly at such high on the sideline. Yeah, yeah. If you implement the fifty defense, you're taking that away again. You're you're asking Miles Jack essentially to do what he did last year. Now take away the game calling part because I assume Joe Schobert would be the game caller and he'd be the guy in charge of getting everybody lined up. But Miles Jack will still be responsible for his one gap and coming downhill, stopping that run. To me, you take away a little bit of that athleticism, depending what, once again what you run. But out of that fifty, you take away the sideline to sideline, and it's more north to south for Miles Jack if you do run that type of defense. All right, uh, we're going to break down the defense kind of in and out of the show today as we hear from Todd Wash, and, and I want to get your interpretation on these things. So we're not going to deep dive for three straight segments on it. We've done that before. What the four three is, how you think the three four, but he mentioned. The 50 defense. He mentions uh, Miles Jack and, and the ability to just go play and not think and and uh, mentions what they have personnel wise. So it's interesting. It's a lot of. But he also says clear as day, man. He's like, you will see the looks that we've presented over these last few years with me here. You will see those same looks along the line, especially is what he said. So, uh, you know, whether he's being stubborn, whether he doesn't want to admit it or whether they're really going to do it, (laughs) he's not getting too far away. It doesn't sound like in his own mind. Of that four-three scheme, sure. Uh, with all these other different looks. Yeah, uh, I mean, listen. Essentially, right now, based off what I just heard, is that they're running the exact same defense from last year, except they're just going to bring, you know, a chase on, or a, or a, uh, they're going to bring a Josh Allen, or they're going to bring a Yannick Ngakwe up on the line. Yeah, you know, for outside linebacker. Yeah, and that's going to be it. Which would make sense. Yeah. With their skill set. Sure. Right? You exactly. can use yeah, no, their personnel. Exactly. Yes, like, yes, I thought, yes. I thought what was very poignant, I think I tweeted this out, is Todd Wash said uh, at one time, we want to use the personality mm-hmm. and skill set of our personnel. Like mm-hmm. I, I took out of there personality, personnel, personality, personnel. So one, what do you have from a skill set standpoint? And then personality, what do these guys like to do, right? Yeah. What's going to put them in the best position to have a swagger to them? Yeah. You know, and it sounds like, I, I, I would say this. Whether you want to call it four three three four fifty, I don't. I don't get caught up in a lot of that stuff. Honestly, I don't. I let Austin do that, Thanks. and I understand right now. Some of you are probably like, hey, "What is he? What are we talking about?" Sure. And, and I'm kind of that guy sometimes. Okay, and I don't pretend not to be. 
But if you're utilizing your players to to put them in the best spot possible, if you're putting yourself, and I mean yourself as a team, but also individually, Chason, Josh Allen, Jan, Avery Jones, Miles Jack, Jack in the – in a position to succeed and win on every play because that's where they excel, sign me up. Mm-hmm. It, it, you can name it whatever the hell you want to name it, but sign me up. We'll hear from Todd Wash a little bit more. When we come back, uh, we'll get into another topic of the show, a theme of the show. Favorite piece of memorabilia. We've got some interesting thoughts on that. And then we're going to have Palm Beach Autographs Martin Buckley come in in a little bit. And we'll talk about this college athlete endorsement law that's going into effect next summer. Ron DeSantis has announced that here in the state of Florida. Big move today in the state of Florida. And, uh, well, it could tie into future memorabilia. Certainly could uh, be the case. Memorabilia, a fun part of uh, sports. Some people have rooms and their own bars and party rooms. Yeah. And they spend a lot of money on it. What's your favorite piece? 904-362-9901. Jump in on social media as well. We'll continue the Todd Wash discussions of this defense. What about Yannick Ngakwe? I do have a thought or two on that. He was mentioned a couple of times, but it has been quiet as of late. We're back on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. It's funny. Everybody says we're going to a 3-4 and all that kind of stuff. But uh, you're going to see a lot of the, the fronts that we have ran through the years within this system that just matches our personality and our uh, skill set of our players. So you're going to, you will see some different fronts, you know, more maybe of a 50 and that kind of stuff. But we want to still continue to give teams a lot of multiple looks. And probably most importantly is the players that we have on our roster put them in position to be successful within any scheme um, that they fit. That is Jaguars defensive coordinator Todd Wash. Interpretation, Austin Lane. Um. Yeah, you know, there's going to be some 50 elements to it. Uh, I mean, basically what I took away from, from Todd Wash's statement right there is it's going to be a lot of what we're accustomed to. Okay, now there you might see a couple wrinkles here and there, but I think that the hype that stemmed around, you know, it's going to be a legit 3-4 defense. I think that's gone now. I think it's just going to be a lot what we're accustomed to, and I think obviously they have some new players on the team. They're going to try to incorporate them into the, into the philosophy and the scheme. But overall... um and some could call it maybe underwhelming a little bit, but I think it's going to be a lot with what you used to see. Three uh, rapid-fire questions. Go ahead. Okay. Hit me with them. Uh, we're talking in the break. A 50 defense, uh, potentially, if you have some of those looks. you got five linemen. That's what that means. Correct. Uh, and that means somebody sneaking up on the line of scrimmage, right? Correct. Uh, you know, a chase on, a yawn, or somebody else. And then you have, so that means you're putting Schobert and, and your weak side linebacker is Miles Jack. Mm-hmm. But against this division you brought up, say Tennessee, for example, where do they like to run? On the inside. Yes. Well, you think that makes them vulnerable on the inside. So does that put a lot of pressure on the linebackers? It puts a lot of pressure on three people. It puts the most pressure on the nose technique because if you get double teamed and reached, then it's over. Al it Woods, does. Avery Jones. Yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, I mean, Avery Jones has done a, a very great job, especially in the run game. But if you get reached, there's no room for error there, right? Because even if you have legit linebackers like a Miles Jack or Joe Schobert, those holes can be so big where you can't adjust in time. Okay. So that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about the, the the power running. I'm worried about the the dives when you have guys like Marlon Mack, when you have guys like Derrick Henry, and David Johnson can kind of do it all too. You know, David Johnson to me is more of like that dual threat guy, but he's definitely a power runner as well. So that's what worries me because in order to win a Super Bowl, you have to win the division, and the division runs in the middle. Yeah. Um, the Yannick Ngakwe. Where does he fit? He was, his name was mentioned a couple times, which I think it's good that he's being mentioned. The Jags are obviously planning on having Jan. 
Uh, where he is in all of this has been very quiet on that front. Very, very quiet. Uh, and we'll see what happens. I mean, we haven't even really talked about it much, yeah. you know, since the draft. It, it's been a month and a half now. There's been a lot going on. But we anticipate him being on the team, right? Yeah. I mean, is, is that where you're at now? I mean, I've been there kind of all along, to be honest with you. I'm like, I kind of feel like he's on the roster. He's going to be forced to play. He might not be happy. He might even come in a little bit late. But whatever. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. he's playing. I think he's going to collect his one point whatever million and, and get a big payday. And I think he should do that. He's earned the right to do that. He's earned that. And he should. Uh, so it doesn't mean he's going to be very happy. Mm-hmm. But the way these guys are talking, it sounds like Todd Wash plans on the same thing. Sounds like Doug Marone plans on the same thing. His name wasn't he didn't they didn't go into great detail about Jan, but they certainly brought his name up in these conversations. Yeah, correct. So the the question you're asking me is where's Jan fit in this? Where do, I mean is he is I mean, just does he fit where Josh Allen is or no. on the opposite side? No. Is yeah. Chase on throw a so, wrinkle into any of this for Jan? So listen, like any defense, you're going to have a strong side and you're going to have a weak side. And it's exactly what it sounds like. The strong side guy, you think to be a little bigger, right, to stop that run um, because they're keen on that strong side defense. So with that being said, whether it's going to be Yannick Ngakwe or Chase on, I visualize them playing the will or the weak side linebacker. Now keep in mind, the weak side linebacker, a couple things, Brent. Um, First of all, you're going to be standing up, obviously. Second of all, you, uh, they call it a contain force player, which means you keep everything inside of you, which is obviously what Yannick Ngakwe has been accustomed to doing, and I assume Chase on as well. Literally the only difference between the strong side and the weak side, at least in my experiences of running these types of defense, is that the, the, the weak side is responsible more for like those man coverages like on a running back sometimes or possibly on a tight end as opposed to the, to the strong side side linebacker who's more responsible for maybe like zone coverages things like that okay uh last thought for me he said we'll be kind of uh, showing different looks like we have done over the last couple years i think their defense is very simplistic the scheme looks very simplistic i think that's what it was built on Mm -hmm. is play fast don't think too much just go get it um do they show a lot uh, i guess i never really thought of it do they show a lot of different looks over the years up front moving around I mean, they've showed this 50 look a lot. We, we didn't call it a 50. Okay. But we've, I mean, I've seen this look a lot. Okay. Okay. I've seen the, you know, I've seen linebacker come down like that. So to, to say this is a new evolutionary kind of thing in this defense is false. Yeah. I mean, they've, we saw they've it last showed year. The, yes, yeah. they've showed this many times before. So in terms of, I guess, like implementing new things and wrinkles, like, you know, once again, they're a young team, and we're right now we're in tough times where guys can't get on the field. I don't think necessarily the playbook, I don't think the installations would be that tedious just because they are accustomed to this from being – have played it before a little bit. Yeah, I think, I think last year, talking to some people last year, they showed more – differences than they certainly did in 17 and 18 mm-hmm. and and beyond like this, this was they already started tweaking i don't know if everybody acknowledged it i know you did a couple of times yep. on the wall that says it all so uh this the way todd wash is talking it's really not totally different we just thought it might look a little bit more three four yeah. than he's willing to admit it will look um, in in scheme, yeah. at the very least. Uh, anyway, we have a question out there. We'll continue to talk about Todd Wash, the defense, and, and uh, some of the Jags topics. Coming up a little bit later on, actually, have a, a question about Colin Kaepernick, and we also have a ranking of quarterback rooms that Kuz brought to our attention. And so it could be a 
good conversation uh, that goes hand in hand. We asked what uh, is everybody's favorite memorabilia piece. Uh, Chili Doggy, it's a great Twitter handle, says, uh, (laughs) best wishes to Craig Roy Williams. Very nice, man. Picture of Roy. Got a basketball signed by Roy Williams. Nice. UNC fan. Uh, What else do we have here? A Barry Bonds signed bat from NorCal Bryan. Very cool. Uh, that's uh, even – listen, I I am not like a Barry Bonds hater. Mm-hmm. I know Bonds obviously cheated the game. I think most people believe it. I sure. also believe like that year was unbelievable. Like to watch – you still have to hit. Yeah. And he either hit a double, <laughs> a home run, roped one that got out, or walked. Exactly. Like, it was – it is like every single time. Uh, such steroids a weapon, or not, man. such a weapon, big though. head or not, such a weapon though, man. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, here's uh, here's one. My item, uh, submarine Mike says, is a 124th scale traced version of the Budweiser MLB ASG car. Dale Jr. won the 01 Pepsi 400. Woo! That was a mouthful. Hey yo. And he got it to sign at an autograph session as well. Father Tom. What's up, Father Tom? I have a football signed by Joe Zaleika, one of the best men to ever come through here. You betcha. Joe Zaleika. Kyle says Zaleika is the GOAT. Didn't think we'd get that much Joe Z play here on a Friday edition of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Hey, we'll talk a little bit more memorability. It's kind of a fun sports topic. Martin Buckley from Palm Beach Autographs is going to join us. He also has a mystery item that we have to Yeah, get. game day. I like it. That's coming up next. And... He really can speak to this new college rule in the state of Florida for endorsements for players, for athletes. What does it mean? We'll get into it next on ESPN 690.